Well, hello there, and welcome once again to Sunday Mixdown. I'm Tommy Rawlings here at the Church on 68 with Pastor Whitman Tolan, and uh, we're just going to jump right in and uh, uh, dissect. I think his message from yesterday get some uh, <laughs> points. Uh, Pastor, it's good to have you back again. Good to see you again, Tommy. Always enjoy uh, hanging out, having these discussions. Yeah, we've had a, a couple of weeks off, and uh, so I hope you're nice and rested and relaxed. And uh, I know you had a birthday in there. Yeah, I did, and uh, 29 again, and I'm telling you, feeling great. <laughs> not feeling any older Not then. feeling any older. Good, no, good. Good week off. <laughs> well, yesterday's message, I think um, you said it was about freedom. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because what you started talking about then was being yoked, which is not freedom. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, or at least not what we tend to think of as freedom. That's good. Uh, what I found interesting when we talk about being yoked is, is the concept of servitude. Right. And we don't really have a concept of servitude. We have a concept of employment. Right. But if our employer, it's kind of like church, our employer does something we don't like, we just find another job. Yep. Um, we don't really have a concept of being yoked right. to something uh, um, with, with the idea attached to it of, of servitude. Right. Uh, how does that servitude kind of relate to Christianity or, or what we're supposed to do? Well, I think one, I mean, that's really good. I think we have in our culture a concept of being served. That's good. Uh, yeah. or, or an employer, if, if, if we are participating, that it somehow or another works out as a as a job or this paid transaction. You know, I was thinking about that one scripture, I was uh, chatting with someone earlier, um, you know, when the scripture says, you know, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, about serving one another. And, and again, I think there's the lost art of not just the doing of serving, but the heart of serving. Okay. And um, so again, we, we, we have a heart to be served, which is actually rooted in our sinful nature. But I think when we get born again, and we have Christ's nature in us, and as we continue to grow, Christ continues to grow and gets formed in me, uh, I believe the byproduct of that is not more information about Jesus, but actually growing like Jesus, that we, we really do carry the heart of a servant, and um, a, a, as opposed to uh, being served. We even create a culture in church where, hey, come, let us serve you. And I think that is, that is the diminishing return of the you know, one that continues to propagate the 80-20 rule <laughs> right, where right. You know, 80 percent are watching and grading and evaluating how the 20 percent are serving yeah, and what good. they're serving um and um and I, I honestly i believe zooming way out i think we are a bit where we are culturally that's actually rooted in the the church has lost her way in that the the prime objective of carrying the attitude of um serving others and serving the purpose of god has has been lost now, you said we, we do develop this idea of serving others. Do you think that happens automatically, or is that really we should? I, think it, I don't think it happens automatically. I think what happens automatically, when, I, when you say that, I, I think that what you're saying is left by itself, without attention, uh, we will gravitate towards wanting to be served, okay. selfish nature. I think that developing the heart of a servant Develops it comes as a byproduct of our develop our relationship with Jesus our time in the word where we allow the word to begin as we become a mirror and we grow in that we talk about it 
We don't, you know, I don't think we'll drift into the heart of a servant. Good. Yeah. I think we have to be very intentional and, uh, and also just the reasons why. It's like, you know, you know, Christ came to serve, not to be served. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, you said that uh, what we pick up is what we couple ourselves with. Right. And yes, this don't be unequally yoked. We tend to use that for marriage yep. um, and pretty much exclude everything else. But it is much more than that. Um, I've heard that applied to business partners. Good. Uh, you know, don't be, don't go into business with an unbeliever because they kind of, you know, view things differently. Right. Um, do you think there's a danger of taking that too far, or, or is that pretty applicable to most aspects of our lives? I think it can be, it is applicable. And I think, sadly, a lot of times we end up limiting our ability to walk with one another on a level that has just to do with personality or gifting or preference. I've, and so therefore, unless you have the same gifting, preference, and personality that I do, we can't walk together. And then, then you end up having a, a whole company full of sameness and we lose a bit of depth and a bit of uniqueness. I, I think that uh, when we can uh, acknowledge uh, first God placement, you know, in the context yeah. of any relationship, whether it's work or church or wherever, marriage, uh, in any God-ordained placement or relationship, I think there really will come a, a sense of adjustment in order for that thing to work as God has intended to. And so, um, you, you know, I, I, to again, being yoked together to the point of service, it doesn't mean that... Um, uh, and I think we have to be, be careful because we can, a lot of times we end up bouncing from, I said, referenced that yesterday, we, we disconnect from relationships that may be God-ordained okay. when God's really wanting me to adjust instead of you to adjust to me, I need to actually adjust to you. But, in a, but, but again, I think a lot of times we, we hold on to our preference as right and you adjust to me. And if you don't, then I'm leaving. Well, absolutely. I, I was thinking of that yesterday when you talked about the six and the nine. Right. Um, what I tend to do sometimes, and I'm probably not the only one, is I will acknowledge that it is a six or a nine from your perspective. Right. Okay, I understand how you can see that as a nine, but <laughs> in reality, yeah. it is still a six. It's just an upside down six, there you go. but it's not a nine. It's still a six. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think a lot of times I will still try to justify my perspective. Right. Uh, rather than under, not understand, I can understand how you could see that was yep. a nine, but obviously I'm still correct. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm the right one. Yep. And, and so, so does that actually allow us to walk together when we, when we continue to hang on to our, our preference, our angle, our, I think we can kind of, we can kind of, like you said, acknowledge, but is that really walking together or is it still holding on? And, and I think pressure ends up revealing where the gaps in relationships really are. That's good, yeah. And I think it, as long as I have the perception that I'm right and you're still wrong, I understand how you have that perception, right. but it's not a correct perception. Yep. Wow. And as long as I have that, I think it makes walking together very difficult yep. uh, because I still have the perception that yep. you're wrong. Yep. Um, 
And when you, when you break that down into something specific, I mean, you, our preference in worship. Well, I understand how you can think that, but these are songs that were written in the 17 and 1800s mm-hmm. and, and earlier. It's still not relevant to, so I understand your perception yep. that that may be Christianity for you, but you know what? <clears throat> we have to adjust and adapt to our culture. And, and so I, I think as long as you carry the perception, even understanding yep. Uh, I think as long as you still carry that perception of rightness and wrongness. Yep. So rather than adjust, as you, as you talked about, rather than adjust my stance, yep. I still try to convince you right that my you stance is the right one. Yeah. I think it was interesting. A good friend of ours in ministry for many years said this thing one time. He said, you know, so often we want to argue of who's right, but I believe the question needs to be, what's right and okay, so yeah. so what is right that we walk together in order to see god's kingdom established through our uh agreement if you will yeah um and i think we still try to find mutual we try to find agreement on a horizontal level like between you and me but i think when we can come into agreement under the lordship of jesus acknowledge that we're called to walk together but it, what's right is that we walk together. It doesn't matter really, you know, at the end of the day, who's right. But again, I think the selfish side of who we are, we find validation with people when they agree with what we're saying. And that if, we, if, I, if I relinquish and yield to you, that somehow or another I lose something. And I think we lose sight of the bigger picture when we continually fight for our personal preference. That's good. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't mean that we kind of exclude our opinion or personality. Um, can we walk together and still disagree? Or does one of us have to adjust so that we always agree on everything? Yeah, I don't think so. Because more often than not, Tommy, I think what we end up disagreeing on is our personal preference. You know, m- most of the time it's preferences. You know, I right. like mountains. Some people like the ocean. I like this, I like this. And it doesn't mean that the mountains are wrong or the ocean is wrong, where, where you like to take holiday. I think it really does, it, it roots in preference. So I think, I think when we start, I don't think you can demand or exact uh, agreement on every single thing of, of preference. I think when you do that, you actually lose your individuality, you lose your uniqueness. So for example, uh, I think it's green and yellow make blue, if you right. blend those colors. So if, uh, if, if, if it's, well, you gotta be green or you gotta be yellow, it's like, no. I give, and in the blending of our individual uniqueness, I think something more, it's not better, I think something different comes when we are willing to allow our differences to come together. There comes a new thing that won't be seen unless those two do come together. So the green's not saying you gotta become green, green is right, you know, yellow's from the devil, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, That when when we can yield our uniqueness or allow the allow the holy spirit to blend our uniqueness we like living stones are being built together you know mm. those stones don't become one stone they become a house That's with good. some glue in between eh some That's cement good, yeah and and i think you're right a lot of what we disagree about are personal preferences not necessary absolutes um, kingdom principles yeah true yes i tend to look at, at this also from a musical standpoint mm. um and I know in, in one of the church bands that we had, it was, it was an incredibly good 
band. Everyone on the band was a professional musician mm. at some point in their lives. But uh, we had a guitar player who was very, very country. Mm. He played at Dollywood. I mean, he was he was just country. Yeah. I was an old rock and roller. I played one, four, and five. If yeah. you know music, you know what one, four, and five is. It's just just rock chords. Yeah. That was it. We had a, a jazz keyboard player who would play all these off funky things and kind of this, this uh, jazz fusion bass player and, and the drummer was, was, you know. But when you put everyone together, wow. Wow. we didn't become country just because the guitar player was country. Good. We didn't become rock because I was rock. Good. Each of us added kind of a flavor. And, and it wasn't that, uh, you know, hey, country guy, you're playing that wrong because you're not playing it the way I yep, would play yep. it. Good. Um, and when you added all those different kind of flavors together, wow. it created something that was unique. And um, that's where I think if we can uh, wow, not necessarily good. adjust to agree, but I think adjust to allow. There you go. How's that? Yep. Uh, allow a different perspective. Yep. Um, maybe I still disagree that that's a nine. It still looks like a six to me. Yep. And I, I don't understand how you can think it's a nine. Yep. But since it doesn't make a difference on whether either of us are getting to heaven or not, good, uh, or whether anybody's Come getting on. to heaven or not, Come on. I'll allow you to think it's a nine. See, and so, wow, I think that's really good. I haven't thought about it like that. You know, can we, are we, are we, are, are we arguing? Are we disconnecting over things that don't matter? Now, again, <laughs> and one of the things that I said yeah. yesterday, like, look, we're not talking about, you know, clear biblical doctrine. Right. What we are talking about is perspectives and angles and wiring, you know, and I think about as Paul talks about the body parts and the different body parts and, and, and really they're, they're different function. They function differently. Every part of our body has a different role and function and outlook on life, right? right. Yes. But the reality is, is that God puts all of those differences together. So I really do think it is possible for us to honor the, how God has built uh, others other than us and acknowledge the placement of together. And, uh, and I think, again, in the kingdom, it, it's, not, it's not, you know, right or wrong. It's, it's what, what, is, what is the Lord doing here? And yeah. uh, I think that's when we can start actually working together more effectively instead of just saying, that, for example, you're a country guitar player saying, I can't play in this, and so then you end yeah. up playing in a country band. But I would venture to say the unique sound of all of you guys coming together would be something that could only be discerned and discovered as all of those different genres and uh, ways of playing came together. Yes. I think that's yeah. quite unique, and I think that's... We seek for sameness, and I think God seeks for something that can be created, harmony, if you will, yeah. from the differences. Yeah, because in the context of a body, again, um, it's a necessity mm. that each part is different. Uh -huh. Good. It's not just, you know, I mean, Paul addresses that when he says, what if the whole body was an eye? Yep. You know, where would your hearing be? Good. Um, and yet we want, if we're an eye, we can't understand why everybody can't see. be an eye. Yeah, come and on. Why can't everybody see? Yep. Um, yeah, I can see. Why can't, the, why can't you see ear? You've got to be able to see. So I wonder if that then leads to just the whole concept of not only servanthood, but maybe tying on back to the heart of a servant. I think it takes humility to... To genuinely acknowledge, I don't hear. I need to connect mm. with somebody who can. I don't yeah. feel, yeah. but I need somebody who can feel. doesn't mean that I'm less than. Right. 
It simply means that I need to have enough wherewithal to acknowledge, here's my strengths, but that's your strengths. Excuse me, and then together these strengths come together and, and, and become an expression of, really, of the Lord and the earth. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. I, th- I think so. Um, I think not only musically, but I've also uh, heard the illustration of, of like a stew. Mm. You throw an onion into a stew, it doesn't become onion soup. Aye. Carrots, you know, potatoes, but they all add a flavor. There you go. So that by the time you're done, it doesn't taste like onion soup or potato soup or, yeah. I love that. It, it tastes like a stew because yeah. of all the different flavors. So as we all allow. There you go. Some people with maybe some different perspectives. Good. Uh, again, understanding that it's not biblical principle, but it is preference. Yep. Is, is what we're uh, allowing. As we allow some preference, yep. we actually create something that's unique and, and different, which is kind of what we're supposed to be Very as good. Christians. Um, yep. We're not supposed to be kind of like everybody else anyway, yep. right? Yep. Uh, we're supposed to be a, a little different. Man, I, I think. And certainly all illustrations at some point break down. Yeah. But, Tommy, I really think that you're onto something there in that um, the onion does not lose its onionness right. by allowing the carrots in the pot. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's still, but, but, it, but it creates something that without the potatoes, otherwise it would not be. Yes. But, again, I think in our flesh or in our humanity, we we like going to sameness and so it's like if i'm an onion i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to onion soup right um and uh and i think we're very fortunate just bringing it back around to 68 i think we're very fortunate in that we're allowing god to add and join and bring and kind of put together this seemingly as in (laughs) i think about the individuals of our church myself included i think the the unique ingredients that are here <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is creating something that i think um it, it's 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 uh broad enough to where i think that people really are hungry yeah i That's, think so i think so one of the uh one of the things uh toward the end of the message was talking about transition mm. and and change and uh, you said transition is normal and this is a this is a principle that kind of transcends just Christianity or the church and, and certainly the church on 68. It's one of the things that, that I dealt with in business as well is, mm. is trying to deal with change. Change is all around us. Uh, you know, I think what the only consistent thing is change. Yep. Um, you know, we change of seasons and change of weather. And, and we don't seem to have a problem primarily with changes of seasons or a change in the weather. We understand that that's normal and natural. But uh, when we <laughs> when we hit a change that affects us, maybe um, you know a, a change that's not comfortable yeah. for us, uh, it seems that we become more resistant mm. to change, don't we? Yep. Um, why do you think we're so resistant to something that uh, I think is is natural for a, a Christian? Right. Uh, because we become changed people and uh, we should change people but instead of I think trying to influence uh, govern change we try to blend in wow yeah that's a that's a good thought I think you know sometimes uh, we prefer comfort and routine because it's predictable 
And so okay. all of a sudden, and there's some good routines that we can get involved in. You know, brushing your teeth on a daily basis is a really good, you know, routine <laughs> yeah. to get involved in. Doesn't really require a whole lot of thought. I just know before I go to bed, I'm going to brush and floss and and uh, and things like that. But I think as it pertains to growing and evolving and, and continuing on with Christ and uh, his ever-expanding kingdom here in the earth, uh, I do think that, that we find ourselves um, kind of being lulled to sleep by the familiar and by the consistent. And so that when change is introduced, one, it sometimes takes us by surprise, or two, we're like, this isn't really comfortable because I don't know what we're changing to and so I think that it, it kind of awakens a, a side of us that, that's a little bit gets un, unhinged and unnerved. You know, uh, my pastor said this thing the other day. It's like long-range planning is out, preparedness is in. And mm-hmm. I think that with even the landscape of our country and our culture, economy, everything that's going on right now, I think for I think people really are struggling um, because their sense of normalcy has been... Um, absolutely turned upside down and so without the um with this change and the unknowns of the future it's causing a pretty high level of stress so does that not then potentially reveal that we have become not necessarily uh, uh, captured by our comfort but now all of a sudden we've actually not pursued our relationship with the lord and confident in his ability to lead us through change, I think it's awakening mm. some things that that's going on. And so, uh, I know in our flesh we don't we don't like the change, but I, as you said, it is part of what we do. And um, may we not find ourselves um, caught unawares. That's good. Yeah, I, th- I think we've, uh, in some respects, we become a little complacent. Yep. Um, and this uh, this has certainly shaken us out of uh, normal and yep. complacent mm. and uh, I think caused us to um, maybe face some changes mm-hmm. and certainly as you pointed out before it, it uh, causes us to face some things that may have been in us that we didn't recognize yep. until we got squeezed a little bit and yep. then until we uh, hit a little bit of difficult times we didn't realize it was even there yeah, that's and good. now it's surfacing um, so well, it looks like that is no. about it for this week again. Um, we're trying to limit the limit the time of these so we don't take up all day, yep. but uh, give you enough to to uh, talk about and, and maybe whet the appetite. And yep. uh, you know, if you again, if you guys uh, have some questions, uh, maybe even just some comments that you come up with during the message, uh, some of the notes that you guys write down for Tuesday morning prayer that you bring up. Uh, yep. Just shoot them to me at uh, Sunday Mixdown at the church on 68com and uh, uh, let's uh, let's get Pastor's perspective on those in our Sunday Mixdown. So, Pastor, once again, it's been great. It's been fun. Appreciate your insight and perspective, and uh, we hope you have a, a great rest of your week. Thanks, Tommy. Look forward to seeing you soon, bro. Take See care. See you next week. Bye, Bye now.